I'm Matthew Smith, Vermont Edition producer, and I wanted to let you know that the podcast you're about to listen to has been edited for clarity and brevity. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome back to Vermont Edition. I'm Michaela LaFrac. Town Meeting Day. More than 180 in-person meetings, some $700 million in local budgets, nearly $200 million for big projects, and 25, 25 truck-related questions. Here to fill us in on all the major takeaways is Vermont Public Reporter Liam Elder Connors. Liam, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. So we have heard a lot of discussion in the past couple weeks about if Town Meeting Day is officially back after two years of pandemic disruptions. Did the participation results from yesterday give us any sense of the answer? Yeah, so pre-pandemic, 185 towns had full or partial in-person town meetings. And yesterday, there were 182. And that's uh, up from 63 last year. So just looking at that number, I think you could say that town meeting day is back. It's back, baby. It's back, which is, you know, (laughs) it's exciting for a lot of folks. Um, It's interesting. Some communities, uh, 18 or so, took up the question of whether or not they would keep in-person voting or move to voting just by paper ballots. Um, That didn't necessarily pass. Wilmington, I know, rejected. I'm not sure how it kind of played out in all the other communities. Um, But, you know, there's sort of an an interesting conversation that's come up around the accessibility of town meeting. Obviously, it takes place uh, during the workday on a Tuesday, and so it might be hard for folks to get to. Um, But there's also been kind of urging uh, from the Vermont Coalition for Disability Rights to Uh, keep it accessible by having more remote meeting options and mail-in voting for folks who might have a disability or or difficulty getting to a meeting. So that conversation's ongoing. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how different towns kind of work on these issues uh, ahead of next March. But let's take a look for a moment at school budgets. It seems like a lot of school districts were asking for pretty substantial increases, largely due to inflation. How did those budgets fare with voters? Largely, uh, voters approve those budgets. Um, you know, we're going to have more of a look at school budgets later today during All Things Considered. But kind of the overview, ar- the overarching view is that most passed. You know, you saw Burlington passing a budget, Colchester, Milton, Springfield, St. Albans. Uh, across the board, a lot of uh, budgets were passed. Interestingly, uh, Barry City and Barry Town actually rejected their district school budget, um, but not because it was too high. Um, Critics said actually that the school district wasn't spending enough money in that budget. And so that one was rejected. And we'll see sort of what the new budget for that will be. Well, let's look to the Queen City. Burlington residents had a very packed ballot this year. Um, And let's start with the Police Oversight Commission that was getting voted on. There was a lot of debate around this one in the lead up to town meeting day. You know, I live in Burlington and the, the yard signs were everywhere. Vote yes, vote no. How did that vote turn out? So Burlington voters, um, by a a decent margin, rejected the proposal to create this independent board. And yeah, like you mentioned, this was a pretty contentious item, uh, had a lot of money being spent on it, uh, especially by the people that were opposed to it. Essentially, the idea was this was going to create an independent uh, civilian oversight panel that could uh, investigate allegations of misconduct and discipline officers, including the chief, um, strongly opposed by Mayor Moreau Weinberger and other Democrats, and it didn't go anywhere. This was a charter change, so it would have had to have gone to the legislature, and I think it was probably going to be a, a tough fight to get that to be passed and signed by the governor, um, but it's not even going to get to that point. Uh, voters rejected that one. Mm. And and some other ballot items, Prop Zero, what was that? So that was an item that would 
would have allowed uh, people in Burlington to petition to get, uh, you know, charter changes or, or not charter changes, but to get items on the ballot, including uh, ordinances or ordinances, uh, re- repealing ordinances that also didn't pass. Um, so that isn't going anywhere. But there were a couple of charter changes that did pass. Um, a carbon impact fee passed, which means that uh, new construction uh, in Burlington, if uh it uses fossil fuels for heating and other things, then there'll be an additional fee imposed on that. Uh, Ranked choice voting for the mayor's uh, school board and ward officers passed. And remind Uh, us what ranked choice voting is. Yeah, so ranked choice voting is essentially that you, if there's more than two people running, then uh, voters would sort of select their one, two, and three favorites. And if someone is not... If a candidate doesn't get 50% of the vote, then the lowest vote getter of the three candidates gets eliminated, and then the votes get reallocated to the first and second choice based on how they're voted in the uh, in the one, two, and three. So mm. it's sort of a way it's instant runoff voting essentially. Um, so that could be back if it gets approved by the legislature, and also all resident voting passed, um, which means that non-citizen, non-U.S. citizens will be able to vote in local elections only. This is similar to uh, Winooski and Montpelier, who both passed similar measures and um, had them approved uh, recently as well. And non-citizen, that refers to like green card holders, other groups? Yeah, yeah. They have to be a legal resident, um, but they don't have to be U.S. citizens. Um, This was something that was challenged in courts, actually, by state and national Republicans, um, though last or in January, the Vermont Supreme Court uh, ruled that Montpelier's uh, ordinance could go forward. And a similar complaint against that non-resident voting in Winooski was dismissed by a superior court last year. Well, speaking of Winooski, uh, Winooski and Essex and Brattleboro were all considering ballot measures limiting what are called no-cause evictions. Um, what what are those and, and how did those votes go? Right. So um, essentially these ordinances or these charter changes would have limited the ability for a landlord to end or kick a tenant out without cause, which is something that's allowed under Vermont law. These new rules would have said that for a landlord to end a lease or evict somebody, they would have to give a cause. And a cause can be you know, non-payment of rent, breaking the lease, um, breaking the law even. Those are all causes and those would have to be specified in an eviction notice or in, uh, you know, not renewing a person's lease. So uh, Winooski, Essex, and Brattleboro were all looking at the uh, similar ordinances around that and it pa- those passed in Winooski and Essex but did not pass in Brattleboro. Um, so those will all go to the legislature. It'll be interesting to see what happens because Burlington approved a similar measure recently. And while that made it through the legislature, Scott vetoed it. And then the House failed to override that veto. So hmm. be kind of curious to see how that all plays out as yeah. it goes forward. It's interesting, too. I'm just looking at these numbers here from those votes. And, and Winooski and Essex, it passed by pretty wide margins. And then those those numbers were really flipped in Brattleboro. Uh, it failed by... Uh, 500 votes, around 1,200 no to 650 yes. I, I, I know you haven't been you know, diving super in-depth on each of these towns and cities, but do you have any sense of, of why it fa- failed in Brattleboro and well, I think the it, other two places? It's interesting. Um, Brattleboro, there was a pretty strong opposition from landlords and landlord groups. Um, I was getting some press releases hmm. and sort of seeing a lot of uh, pretty strong opposition in there. Yeah. 
I think with Winooski, what's interesting is there was almost a, a mass eviction of a bunch of uh, at a at a condo complex there recently, and that sort of spurred this conversation about whether or not uh, no cause evictions should be allowed. So I think Winooski sort of saw this almost happen to uh, a group of low income and mostly refugee tenants in the city, and are, we're trying to find ways to stop that from happening in the future. Well, since housing is our favorite topic of conversation on Vermont Edition, let's keep going with some of these housing-related issues that Vermonters faced in town meetings yesterday. Uh, what were some of the other notable housing-related topics that were up for debate? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, as I'm sure listeners are very well aware, we're in a, a bit of a housing crunch here in Vermont. Uh, yeah, I know. And I'd say no. maybe it's uh, maybe an understatement to say a bit of a housing crunch um, yeah. because the Vermont Housing Finance Agency says the state needs uh, more than 40,000 housing units by the end of the decade to really yeah. to just house the Vermonters that are already here. There's less than a 1% rental vacancy rate across the state, which is just uh, pretty astounding. It's always been a little bit low in recent years, but it's just never gone below 1%. Um, so there have been some communities considering zoning changes to encourage denser development, to encourage more development, to try to alleviate the pressure. Um, in South Hero, there was a town meeting day question around shrinking to development zones um, that went through. Um, so we're seeing sort of things like that that could create denser housing development in places that haven't really had uh, super dense development before. So obviously things need to get built, but uh, paving the way by changing zoning is is sort of one way to really start uh, right. spurring that development. Right. Um, and and some critics say that, that that denser zoning could kind of threaten the rural character of towns or tr- traditional buildings that have been there for a long time if they get built up around. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, is the, that is one of the things we hear. And I think something Vermont's going to have to grapple with. Obviously, people really like being here for the vast open spaces and, and the bucolic landscape. But um, there's going to be a real conversation and a debate about how to balance all of those things with the really desperate need for housing in, in the state. Mm. Well, we heard that the Vermont League of Cities and Towns noted that going into town meeting day this year, there were around $200 million being voted on um, across a number of different large projects. Uh, let's let's talk through some of those. I really want to hear about the Colchester Rec Center. We'll start with the Colchester <laughs> Rec Center. So the Colchester Rec Center, uh, $60 million uh, for making a 30,000 square foot rec center with gym, fitness space, indoor track, that passed. Um, so that is going to get started. Town officials hope to have that completed by 2025. So that passed uh, about 1,700 people voting yes and about 1,300 people voting no. Um, some of the other kind of large projects we saw were some uh, wastewater projects. It's kind of related to housing because you know towns might want to upgrade their wastewater capabilities in order to build more housing. That happened in Killington uh, where voters approved $47 million to create a new municipal water system. South Burlington and Montpelier also approved some wastewater upgrades yesterday as well. And there were, uh, in a couple different towns and cities, uh, some local races, right? Two yeah. different mayoral races? Yeah. In Montpelier, uh, City Council President Jack McCullough won the mayor's race. Um, he takes over for former Mayor Ann Watson, who had left the seat to go to the state legislature. And in Rutland, uh, Michael Dungess unseated the incumbent, David Allaire, with 25% more of the vote. And uh, Dungess has been president of the Rutland City Board of Aldermen, and he will take over on March 15th. Mm. 
Oh, there were obviously many, many other uh, votes going on around the state. Um, let's just hit a couple quickly here uh, before we have to let you get back to work, Liam. Uh, one thing I saw that was interesting, Castleton uh, said no to cannabis shops. And that's not the first time they voted that way, right? This was the third attempt um, to get retail cannabis in Castleton, and that did not go through this time again. Um, Bethel did vote uh, for retail cannabis. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, Randolph voted against uh, creating and reestablishing a local police department after mm. losing police services that they were getting from the Orange County Sheriff's Office due to staffing issues. Um, and we also saw five towns approve new local option taxes, like in Stowe, Londonderry, and Shelburne, just to name a few. Mm. And and there was also a vote about um, Newbury sort of officially opposing a juvenile detention facility that's been proposed there. But but that kind of opposition is in a like a legally binding. There's not going to be a specific action taken due to that vote, right? Right. That's a non-binding resolution. But, um, you know, it was pretty strong. Residents came out pretty strongly against having that juvenile facility placed in Newberry, which I think for the town, um, you know, they'll be able to point to that. And when state officials are trying to to place the facility in Newberry and say, really, like the town doesn't want it here. So it's sort of another um, another arrow in their quiver uh, going forward in the opposition mm-hmm. here. All right. Well, finally, Liam, um, right before town meeting day on Monday, we welcomed the Peachum town clerk onto the show to discuss their very contentious vote about the snowplow name. They have a new snowplow there. They're trying to name it. There are some really excellent names up for debate. Uh, what happened? Break it to us. All right. Well, the five names that they were choosing between were Unicorn Egg, Snowstorm, Lightning, Voldemort's Plow, and Robert Frost. <laughs> and we should say that kids were the ones that came up with those. Yes, these were. Yeah, these were. These were uh, came up with by kids. And so then. Yesterday at the town meeting, uh, paper ballots were cast, and town moderator Tim McKay read the results. Total number of votes cast, 88. Majority would be 45. Robert Frost, 45. (laughs) Snowplow is Robert Frost. All right. Unicorn Egg came in second place with 23 votes. I was really hoping for Unicorn Egg. I'm not a a biased journalist in this situation. Well, you know, (laughs) it's going to be Robert Frost for the next three years. All right. I respect it. All right. Well, maybe next time it'll be Unicorn Egg. (laughs) Well, Vermont Public Reporter Liam Elder-Connors, thank you so much for breaking down Town Meeting Day results with us. You bet.